0: Today's episode of 4th Time's The Charm is brought to you by the Vectrex 3D Imager, the new high-performance add-on that transports Vectrex gameplay into the third dimension. Real 3D, in color. The quest for a realistic yet affordable method of bringing the true three-dimensional visual effects to video gameplay has ended. GCE has introduced the amazing Vectrex 3D Imager, the Vectrix graphical computer system add-on that provides Vectrix owners with real 3D effects that are more vivid and realistic than any other home video game system and even more advanced than any coin-operated machine currently available. And the 3D imager adds color to Vectrix gameplay for the first time ever, no overlay needed. The 3D imager plugs directly into the Vectrex console, no special connector required. The sleek, high-tech 3D imager goggles are specifically designed to be worn by anyone, even people who wear prescription glasses. I would know, I'm one of them. It's the easy, affordable way for Vectrex owners to enter a completely new world of video gameplay. The action surrounds the player like no other video game, home or home. Or arcade. Vectrex 3D Imager available now. Ba-da-da-da. Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, episode 102. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt. That's me. The Shea Butter is out the window. It went spoilt, and we're getting a new one. Monty, we will see you back Wait, here we're soon, new, We're getting a Matt. new one, well, no, he's like he's like a refreshed Monty, you know.
1: Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you go out Monty. to the store
0: to get more butter. You don't go out to the store to get new butter. Do,
1: you, do you know Canadians have the day off today?
0: Yeah, like, it's a, uh, a, Victoria Day, right?
1: I, I don't know. I don't pay attention to. The I think it's Victoria holiday. Day. That actually does kind of make sense.
0: Yes. Huh. Have a what's what's a V word? Uh, have a voluptuous victoria day to all of our to all of our mother canuckers out there
1: yeah if you're a mom living in canada and listening to our podcast we stand with you
0: we stand with you and we stand for you oh wait hold on we have (laughs) quite a podcast on our hands today oh yes it's uh i i feel like I feel like I'm the one who's willing this into existence, even though well, this is something that I feel like you'd, you would bring up as wanting to make the focus of a whole episode. Yeah, uh, I, I watched, I, I watched Bo's Afraid.
1: Oh, we're going right in. All right. No pream. Yeah. You didn't even ask me how I was today.
0: I dude, <laughs> uh, how so, are I'm you doing, saying, Matt?
1: No, I, it doesn't fucking matter. I am awful. <laughs> it's it's your fucking birthday tomorrow let's also talk about that happy it is well well kayfabe the the, 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 okay the emotional trauma episode is dedicated to ben's birthday yeah
0: isn't that swell it it just makes sense so uh so my my ultimate matt told me to watch annihilation because he's a dumb shit but I, he really okay. wanted me to watch *Bo is Afraid*. Yes, so watched I the, watched
1: it. You watched the correct movie.
0: Yeah, uh, it is a three-hour-long movie, and it's not available in all theaters. No,
1: not 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 at all.
0: And it's because of that that I happened to watch *Bo is Afraid* in the best context possible. Yeah,
1: probably I, you, the
0: only. I I I. I do not think that anyone on this planet had a more proper viewing experience of Bo is afraid than me no
1: that is that is without a shadow of a doubt so I mean we, we gotta I think we should we should dive into exactly the context behind this movie so I mean I assume the majority of people listening to this um, know what Bo is the afraid know what Bo is afraid is and and the context but if you don't um i think i think we're gonna safely have to spoil it right ben yeah like I, okay yeah so this is gonna be a full spoiler talk but before before we get to that i want to i'm gonna introduce the movie and tell you what it is ben and i well, can give here, our... let
0: me let me let me preface it before you start matt okay <sighs> I'm, I'm gonna give you the following spoilers that are out of context don't really spoil much okay well that's, but that's, if wow. any of these things interest you then stop listening to the podcast and, just and go, go watch it. the movie. Okay. 30 minute long play in the middle of the film. <laughs> Giant penis monster. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: You're really just fucking going for it. Aren't you? And drinking paint. I, I, I don't know if I've ever been more upset with you describing a film to people on this
0: podcast. If anything I just said intrigues you or, or, or gives you any sort of tingle tingle, then go watch the movie. If you got nothing out of that, then stay here, baby. Well, okay. So or if, if you, you don't getting... want to watch a three hour
1: long movie, no, you should fucking go and see it. Um, what, what Ben, what Ben isn't selling is that this is the third feature length film by director Arya Aster. Um, Ari Aster notoriously famous for his first two films that to a lot of people were masterpieces Um, similar to Stuart Gordon. uh, His first feature film was 2018. Second feature film was exactly the year after that, which shows that true filmmakers released their first two movies back to back, Um, both deeply complex uh, horror stories that actually underpinned a larger story about something in and amongst the characters. So, um, Hereditary is about losing a family member and generational uh, mental illness. And uh, Midsummer is a breakup movie um, in the loosest definition of the terms. But at its base and core, it's a breakup movie. Now, in, in the afraid, same way that
0: Raw is a coming of age film.
1: Yes, which is it is. It's a yeah. very uh, I'm not saying it, it's not. Yeah, but <laughs> um, it, I can understand why people wouldn't see it that way first. But what makes. Ari Aster in this movie, very unique, uh, I think is the way we're putting it is I don't, I think it's the first one. That's more of a grander idea. It's, it's not a breakup movie. It's not a, you know, insert cheesy drama line here. It's truly an Epic. It's basically the Odyssey, um, except for the, instead of the motivation being the Trojan war, the motivation is, is, generational guilt and anxiety um it's it's similar to how i think some people have felt about movies like enter the void or um climax by gasper Noé, where it the the point of the movie is how deeply uncomfortable it can make you now what happens in the movie is we follow a journey of a man named bo uh who's very afraid of the world around him uh and just From that alone, and from the fact that Ari Aster is allowed in this movie to do something that I don't think he's ever been allowed to do. It was a $35 million movie made by a studio that less than six years ago wasn't even producing films, was just releasing them. Um, And one of their big, you know, finds was Ari Aster. And so they gave him the budget to do literally whatever he wanted. And he made a thirty-five million dollar five-hour nightmare journey. If that doesn't sell you on the movie besides the giant penis monster and drinking paint, I don't know what else will.
0: I okay, so loved I'm, this movie. So, so it, it, I, I... Big four I, I, out of four like, for me. I, I want to shift the focus here a little okay. bit. I don't think Bo is Afraid is like a horror... No, not, it's not a horror movie at it's, all. <laughs> it's not a horror movie. It's a movie about anxiety. Okay? I have yeah. anxiety. Okay? What? And, and and this movie is like a, a flanderization of how I feel. <laughs> it's a flanderization of uh, anxiety. And I think in many ways, it sort of hyper realizes this concept of of anxiety to sort of take its power away, uh, if if that makes sense. This sort well, of seems to be a movie about reclaiming, you know, from anxiety. Experience. Yeah, uh, and it's it's so perfectly done. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, really, th- the the base story of the movie. Is that Bo is a 40-year-old virgin. Hey, we don't know.
1: Oh, actually, no, we do know that.
0: <laughs> is barely supported financially by his mother, who's this big-time real estate or, or, or big-time pharmaceutical tycoon. Yeah,
1: yeah, pharmaceuticals.
0: And she's very emotionally abusive towards him. Uh, she's, a,
1: she, she's the controlling type, so to speak. Yeah, she's where... like an...
0: Ultra-controlling, watches him at all times. If he doesn't do something she wants, she criticizes him to the nth degree and makes him feel constantly on the precipice of upsetting her or doing something to make her feel like she's been wronged. And that sort of starts our baseline for Bo, where he's a person that's always and constantly on edge of whatever is the worst thing that could happen in his mind, that's what happens.
1: Well, and, and, and the, and the film visually realizes.
0: And what that's the what the movie is. Like. Yeah. The, the overall storyline of the movie is that Bose told that his mother dies. Yep. And that he needs to go to her estate to attend her funeral.
1: Or, or he'll cause incredible shame to his family.
0: What it actually is so in a way it's a road trip movie yeah okay in a weird yeah roundabout way in practice what it is is it's a movie about realizing all of the worst that your anxiety thinks might happen in Mm -hmm. the world so
1: every every one of those little dreams you ever had where you're like oh man i wonder if someone like someone could like walk up and rob me right now that would be horrible or I wonder if that like mildly homeless looking person is dangerous. And usually your rational non hyper anxious minds can create a rational worldview. Um, in this movie, that worldview is the world.
0: Yeah. So every single action that happens in the movie causes the deepest, most anxiety written possibility Mm -hmm. is the one that happens. So he sees a scary tattooed dude on the street. Wow. Wouldn't it be scary if that dude singled me out and tried chasing after me into my apartment? That's what happens. Wow. Wouldn't it be scary if a spider got loose in my apartment? Not only is there a Brown recluse, but it's in his apartment in particular. And he responds to all of these things in both a natural way, but in a way that encompasses the whole spectrum of anxiety. Where uh, he's he's in a, the bathtub, right? He's having a bath in the bathtub. He looks up, and there is a strange man hiding on his ceiling, staring he's, he's, at him.
1: He's one of the homeless people that broke into his house when he left the door
0: open. Palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. He's slipping, and then the brown recluse bites him on the face as well. <laughs> and he falls on Bo. All the while... You want Bo to move, but he's paralyzed by this anxiety of, like, what the fuck's going on here?
1: Yeah, what could it be?
0: Bo tries to calm down and take his medication, but he's been told that you must take these two pills with water. And when all the taps in his apartment are shut off, he needs to go across the street To get water at the convenience store. However, the keys to his apartment that he left for five seconds unattended in the, in, in his door were stolen so he can only get back in if he uses the yellow pages to prop open the door to his apartment. So while he rushes across to the convenience store to pay for his water, which he does not have enough change for, he's short by like three cents. The homeless people on the street find that he left the door cracked open and they all go up into just his apartment and and start a rave that lasts all night before taking the book out to shut him out of his own place.
1: Well, the last woman going in does it too. the very last person who just happens to walk in and it's hundreds of people. You literally see like a wave of human bodies. Like cascade, it's not, so it's not just like two people run up there, which, you know, in a an anxious world, but in a real world could happen. It's like seventy people. And and we we see set up throughout this him go to his therapist. And and in that scene across that, that scene it sets the movie up perfectly where the only thing you ever see the therapist write down in any of the scenes we see him is guilt.
0: Or guilty.
1: Yeah. Well I think yeah, guilty, I think, is the exact Uh, the exact thing on the page. It's, it's truly a tremendous journey that we take. And now, but, but Ben, the way you saw it. Yeah. So before we get
0: into the whole fucking plot of the movie, so it was unique. Bo is afraid takes place. uh, His, his apartment, the opening first act is in downtown Los Angeles. So the first 30 or so minutes of the movie, maybe 45 minutes. It could takes hour. place in a hyper realized downtown LA where people are outside gouging each other's eyeballs out, stabbing each other, hitting each other with cars, random dancing, drug use, vandalism. And cool. I was watching it at the downtown LA Alamo draft house. So like yeah. three blocks away from where this shit actually is happening in real life. So like I'm in it. I am in the movie. And what I found bizarre is throughout my whole viewing experience of this film, the crowd I was watching it with thought it was hilarious. They thought this movie was so fucking funny. It was like they completely missed... I don't even know if you can call it subtext. It's like overwhelmingly...
1: See... You, you mentioned this before, Ben, but the funny, the funny thing is, is that that's how Ari Aster sees it. Ari Aster is it, constantly in all of the interviews he's done about the movie, which he also does not like talking about this movie. It makes him deeply uncomfortable. You can tell in all of his interviews. He's like, I don't want to be here. I don't, I don't want to talk <laughs> about my movie. But he explicitly and very openly says the movie is a comedy. He thinks it first and foremost is a comedy.
0: Well, and, and I understand that in a way. It's a it's like a tragic comedy.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a dramedy in a sense. But like, it's I there was moments where I laughed, but like I think Ari Aster thinks, and I and I you know I'm not gonna sp- gonna try to like armchair psychology Ari Aster here, but I think the movie has to be funny for certain people.
0: I think for. I think like that that might past. be how they deal with yes, I was like saying, their their anxiety or the whatever. The movie
1: needs to be funny to them because if the movie isn't funny to them, they're gonna be. There's something deeper inside of them that needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, so uh, for me, watching this movie with all these people laughing at poor Bo, I found it quite disturbing mm-hmm. in a way because you know I I feel like calling it a comedy. In a way, sets people's expectations the wrong way. Uh, Yeah, I would the same vein as like a well, well, because then you're comparing it to like at best a triangle of sadness, and I feel like that's where these movies diverge. Where Triangle of Sadness doesn't really know what funny or absurdist is
1: what triangle status is all also so far up its own ass. that it's not like a real piece. I'm not
0: going to, I don't want to say it's not a real piece of art, but like the, this oof. movie might not have made me laugh, but I can at least understand how it's funny. And what makes it more entertaining is the fact that you've world-class directing cinematography and acting going throughout it. So, Because in the movie, they're treating it seriously. You sort of want to treat it seriously, too. Which makes the naked homeless man yelling, stab, stab, stabby, stabby, stab, stab. It does make it pretty funny, even for me. I'll have to give it credit. So, overall, having the audience, in spite of Ari Aster himself declaring it as a comedy, having the audience actively laugh along with this entire first third of the movie and what the movie is treating as being completely serious and about two blocks away from the actual real life equivalent of what they're representing on screen Mm -hmm. is like a really, it's a really weird juxtaposition, which ends up actually supporting how the film presents itself in the third act. Where, yeah. where 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 well, the audience becomes a character in the movie so yeah. i feel like from the moment we see Bo in downtown la i feel like i'm with Bo in the movie because for the most part i don't really consider this a funny movie because while it is a hyper realized and it's comedic in that sense mm-hmm. all the things that are happening to Bo are Horrifying, terrible things. He's being emotionally manipulated by his mother. Anything bad that can't happen to him does happen to him. Yep. And the dude is is completely unable to make any decision for himself. It's It's scary, you yeah. know? He was trained not to
1: make decisions for himself, basically.
0: Yes, exactly. And we transition from this first third of the movie... Where he's in essentially his own view of hell.
1: Yeah, his own realized version of the hell of that the city he lives the, in represents. The hell
0: that's been created for him. And then by he his, gets hit by himself. a bus and he gets stabbed repeatedly by a homeless, naked serial killer. And which that's what like, brings us... Which is great because he's just... I think the one of the only good laughs
1: is that that's yes. actually when you meet his character. And the old, the old guy who... There was like a TV ad... About a serial Stab, killer. stab,
0: stabby, stabby, stab, stab. Yeah,
1: there's a TV ad about a, of a homeless man running around just randomly stabbing people. So, of course, that when Bo finally decides to leave his apartment, who else does he run into but Stabby McStab Stab Man. And, and of
0: course, the police officer who is insistent on wanting to shoot Bo. who is oh, doing yeah,
1: in the back. Nothing. Yeah, the classic sh- cop experience. I think we, this is probably... I think Ari Aster's most honest movie about his view of the world.
0: I agree. I I, I definitely agree. And I don't think that's like an
1: ashamed sense. Like he, like, no. he knows that too. Like he's aware yeah. what he's doing.
0: Uh, because everything's consistent, you know? Mm-hmm. It, everything is wacky, but it's wacky in a very consistent way, which makes the universe feel really lived in. And that continues yeah. into our second act of the movie where – this broken down, almost dead bow mm-hmm. is brought in and nurtured for and cared by uh, a, on Make the a surface, silly. loving upper class white family, with Nathan Lane as the aggressively heterosexual father, which aggressively has to be a commentary there, because I I. I, like, knew it was Nathan Lane, mm-hmm. but, like, knowing Nathan Lane, it's such a not Nathan Lane role, it was yeah. really, like, throwing me through a loop. It was pretty fucking awesome, frankly. Because, like, yeah, he did a fantastic job, but, like, when I think Nathan Lane, I think Timon, or I think Bird Cage or I think, yeah. like, not, not successful repressed surgeon
1: who likes to abuse his
0: son died and he keeps people in his house while neglecting his daughter. Like, mm. beautiful. I it, 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 beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the, the family is sort of tending to bow. I, what's the vibe you get well,
1: from I mean, Nathan
0: Lane's family? Cause they're fucked so, up, but they're fucked yeah. up in a much different way than the rest of the movie.
1: It's, It's kind of like a misery situation, but I think it's it's representative of how Bo experiences or or it's hard. Wait, it depends on whether you think what he's experiencing at that point in the movie is real. Like, do you believe that Bo is experiencing tactile reality? Like, is there really If, if, if we contend that at this point, so we're at the second act of the movie and that Bo is experiencing, these people are real. So like they are actually these people, they actually put the, um, you know, the, the stuff on the ankle brace on them or monitoring and caring for his health. If we, if we account for all of that being part of his tactile reality, I it's, My, the vibe I get off of, off of him or off of the, the husband and the family in general is like, it's Bo's own distorted view of what having someone care for you is like. So like Bo has only ever known the, 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 the only experience he has is of someone giving care to him as a caregiver is someone who's extremely manipulative and deeply controlling. So I think what the second act of the movie serves to show is what Bo experiences love. As how Bo has and does experience like the the aspects of the nature of like love and being cared for. One Which, of the things once the movie shows it to you is like an extremely deeply belittling
0: and manipulative world that is, you know, is sad. I I agree. I, one of the things that I love about Bo is afraid and something that I think sets it apart from other movies, including Ari Aster's previous works. Yeah. Is there are multiple messages going on throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Bo is only really one aspect of it. And I think unlike a lot of movies, most movies that have one sort of underlying theme Mm -hmm. I think that Bo is afraid instead approaches those themes in a more slice of lifestyle where you're seeing everything through Bo's point of view, but it has this dreamlike quality to it. So it's not, oh, the point of the movie is, no, it's more of a experience what it feels like to be Bo. Yeah. And so I think the family serves a number of purposes. I think most acutely, they represent how Bo felt when he was being nurtured by his mother. Mm -hmm. He has an ankle bracelet on. Mm -hmm. He can't escape her. He can't go too far away from her. There's a closed caption TV that's filming him and... Which is a callback to... Well, a call forward of what happens
1: later in the movie.
0: Well, he's able to fast forward the video... And look at what will happen to him later in the movie, which for me was probably the single most off the wall moment in the whole film. Mm -hmm. But I interpreted it as the, uh, at this way that he's been treated, that he's been raised is what leads him down into this future.
1: Yeah. Well, because I mean like escaping the house is what unlocks Which is what begins the rest of the journey, like escaping the like deep control of care, you know, sends him on his like his quest in a sense when he has to.
0: Well, not even, well, not even that. I I think that it's a lot of it has to do with choice, Mm -hmm. right? So Bo's. And the movie makes the point of that. Yeah. So Bo's freedom of choice Isn't just taken away from him when the Nathan Lane character Mm -hmm. needs to delay for a day so he can go give uh, where he can go give surgery or uh, he's forced to get high when their drug addled daughter essentially kidnaps him for the day.
1: That is one of the most disturbing parts of the whole. It's really
0: disturbing. The daughter character. That is like a genuinely
1: unnerving like set of sequences in the film.
0: Yeah, she is a scary person. When she starts it, drinking the paint, I was oh like, my. What the fuck? Like Yeah, so yeah, so the daughter
1: of this like doting and controlling father is like obviously a rebellious teen who doesn't feel like their you know, their parents love the loves her or gives her the attention she needs. And
0: the parents are neglectful towards her in favor yeah. of these fucked up people who they either accidentally hit with their car or or were with their son when he died. So they care for them, even though they're extremely mentally unwell.
1: Yeah. And it, it really hammers that in. And you, you of course see this character then like harshly rebelling against her family. And at the end of the movie, she is like, well, at the end of of this act, act, you know, you get the moment where she's like, Oh my God, you have another fucking person here. Who's not me that you're you love and are caring for. And so she commits suicide um, by drinking an entire gallon of paint because Beau refuses to help her repaint her room under threat of Re-
0: repaint her dead brother's room. Oh yeah. He her was dead brother never room. go into. Yes. Oh, mwah, what a good movie. <laughs> I, I feel like this, it's the second act that has the most to really dig into. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and, and the most that we're probably missing I feel like it's a real uh it's it's a real uh systematic taking apart of the concept of the American dream and how even the American dream goes wrong and mm. these people who the aren't most arts, qualified the most
1: film school thing I've ever heard you say to hire
0: life and you have this family who isn't qualified to be taking care of these people but because they have this sort of moral right, which maybe that's, you know, being applied to the standard white American family, like mm-hmm. the nuclear family and their, quote unquote, sense of duty that they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot at play that leads to this entire breakdown, not just amongst the family, but what leads to Bo running away from this family mm-hmm. um, after the death, after the, the, uh, the suicide of their daughter, him running away and getting what is the first reprieve for him. Oh yeah. The whole, in movie. this whole movie, the first of really two reprieves that he gets in the entire film. And the movie, in the movie with this reprieve shows you a lot. It does. This is, I, I feel like, it's my in favorite part ways, of the this movie. This is the I'm... most important part of the movie.
1: Yeah. I think I mean I, I think it's pretty It's the it's the most honest part of the movie.
0: Yeah, Bo finds himself in a forest running away from the uh war veteran who has been tasked with tracking Bo down and murdering him. Bo, of course, does not remember he has a tracking device on his leg. So. Well,
1: no, they tell him it's a health device earlier. Yeah, they in the say movie. it's a health device, but they, so he doesn't. You can, you can kind of assume, or at least you could make an argument that Bo doesn't know. You know that he has. That it's I a think Bo's got up. other
0: shit going on. Really, I, well, yeah, I, think I mean, that's there's the a lot big more, issue.
1: Yeah, Bo, Bo's complicated at this point. In the Bo's movie. got a lot
0: going wrong. Bo's right afraid, now. Uh, and so. He comes upon this pregnant woman who guides him into a uh, traveling forest circus Circus. show. Which seems like so much fun. It's a traveling group of orphaned people who travel to different parts of the world, settle down for a few days, and host shows. Mm -hmm. Which, in this case was a story about a (laughs) kid who loses his parents at a relatively young age. And then Bo takes the place of the main character in this weird pseudo dream play. And it details his life forming a family being separated from that family and spending his life trying to, get back to them. And what I noticed about this play and, and back me up here. If you agree, Matt is, it seems like a story that's constantly interrupted by Bo's own anxieties. And Mm. ultimately it's a play that ends when Bo's own insecurities remind him of who he is and how he got to the point that he's currently in.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I mean, it's, yeah, it, the, it tells you what, what his experience in life is or what his own, it shows you Bo's true perspective of himself in that instance. You know what I mean? Like you really get to see, how not necessarily Bo sees his own journey. Cause I don't, but think you he,
0: see why he acts the way he does. Yeah.
1: Or why he thinks the way he acts is like, yes, totally a, makes sense.
0: He's a very selfless figure and, in, in many respects, but he's also self punishing to a fault. Yeah.
1: he Well, he, he's, he punishes himself to such a degree that he punishes the others around him. Yes. Which is, so apropos and painful at the same time
0: sure is uh unfortunately gunman comes oh uh, yeah lots of death and
1: and in the movie sets this up it tells you what's gonna happen it's like it's like the wolf is hunting him but but the uh
0: yeah once again you can't you can't fully immerse yourself and enjoy the play because you know that bo's being chased by this dude and once again The most nerve-wracking thing that could happen does. And uh, this leads us to one of my favorite parts in this movie, especially in hindsight, is every single thing Bo does is so arduous and awful. Until he just hitchhikes a ride back to his hometown.
1: Yeah, right? He just
0: is like, just it's It's just like, oh, it's like 10 seconds, him in a car with this dude, and boom, look, he's here. He made it. He made it. it, which brings us to our final act of the movie, where he attends his mother's funeral.
1: Mm-hmm. He late?
0: No, he shows up late. Yeah, he shows up late to his mother's funeral, so he technically misses it. But it's okay because his mother isn't dead. She just faked her death because we, she thought that her son didn't love her. Well, because because he
1: because he acts he said he couldn't make it to her funeral because someone stole his bags and he was having a life experience that was actually honest and she couldn't take that as anything except for a direct contradiction attack on her, her perspective as a parent,
0: which is especially rich considering she has cameras installed in his apartment to watch him.
1: Yep. At all times, And she's paid off his therapist. Oh, that, that, that scene got a genuine, genuine pop for, for my crowd. Yeah. Like, It was like, oh, shit. Like, because he just shows up and he's like, hi there. My audience thought it was
0: hilarious. They were dying. Uh, He ends up meeting the girl of his dreams again. Literally now that she's an adult she has sex with him which is the only other reprieve he gets in this whole movie but but he also thinks he might die cuz
1: the movie sets up this whole storyline that the reason that like Bo's mom like to some degree was like so protective and manipulative is because Bo's father had a physical condition where if he orgasmed he would die and and she in in the movie and this gets to why there's a giant penis monster in the film gets to this whole setup where like Bo has been living his life thinking
0: that was the case. Um, and so instead he was able to orgasm just fine. It was yeah, just the lives. love of his life who had a heart murmur and died at orgasm on top of him. Oh, glorious. that was what a moment. Yeah right. What a moment! The horror returns, and if that wasn't so bad, he's finally introduced to his father, who it did not die due to a heart murmur, but is a nine foot tall penis monster.
1: Yes. Oh, and his brother.
0: Yeah. Well, well do you... I don't
1: think that's not his real brother. That's like an allegory for his like his like. Yeah. No. He, he doesn't. No, he doesn't have a that... little yeah. brother. That was the thing that's locked up in the thing is like is like his sense of self that has confidence that can actually like be an a, be an independent person in the face of his familiar experience yes like it is him yeah if that yeah
0: but it's also a nine foot tall penis monster
1: well that's separate the nine foot tall penis monster is oh yeah he's entity. next to the guy right yeah the nine foot tall penis monster is just hanging out yeah
0: yeah what, what do in you interpret attic. by the penis monster? I'm assuming it's just the idea that his dad was never in his life. And so his dad is really nothing more to him than just a giant oversized like penis. Cause that's where he came from. That's all he really knows about him. Yeah. I think that's relatively accurate. I, I mean, I think there's also a sense of like manhood and. You yeah. Know,
1: and like who Bo thinks he is and right what matters to him and And what
0: he's lacking or what he's missing
1: yeah how he views his father
0: yeah um i don't think i don't
1: think that one's like uh i honestly that one i think is to some degree there because it's like this is fucking gross and funny
0: oh yeah i think that there is a certain element
1: it's hard that one that one is like one of the reasons i don't think this is like a i don't see this is like a perfect film necessarily it's really good Um, and what it's trying to accomplish i think it accomplishes really successfully and i think it's you know it's in like the a tier of movies but there's like little things where it feels like well maybe if this movie wasn't three hours long and ari was forced to like cut it down and keep it kind of manageable we might have gotten a little bit more a little bit less which would have given us more
0: no disagree hard disagree Mm. you cannot cut a single second out of this movie
1: I mean, sure. Yeah, I I can also like I can see I, your argument. Like,
0: honestly, there was there was one. I I feel like at least for me, I feel like he got every second of anxiety you could squeeze out of this movie. Except, I wish in the movie mm-hmm. when Bo was trying to figure out what to do okay. about missing his flight, yeah. I really wish. He just like sat there, frozen, with anxiety for like five to ten minutes.
1: Maybe he did uninterrupted. That's
0: what the movie is, right? I know, but like, I wish that was put into the movie because yeah. I feel like they sort of pay service to that in the scene where he's in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. But that's such like an off the wall moment. I think it takes away from him being like paralyzed. I I don't feel like there was a single scene that showed you being like paralyzed with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was the one frontier they, they could have touched on that they really didn't. And I get why they didn't put it in there. It's already a three hour movie and having someone stare ahead at the ceiling for like five to 10 minutes would yeah, be right. really boring. But if they could have found a way to put that in there, I at least would have appreciated it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it would have been really cool.
0: Yeah. I would have but, watched um, that
1: section of the movie too.
0: <laughs> but anyway, uh the the movie ends the way the movie ends, but it ends in a theater of of uncaring, well, unfeeling people. How would
1: you describe the ending? Um what what it, was the ending to
0: you? It was right. It was the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, but like you know, I, I'm curious what you like, uh, so so like. Once like, again, the happens? vibe
0: of the people in the audience at the end of the movie matched the vibe of the people I was in the theater with. So like, Oof. like I felt Bo's pain. Yeah, well, I feel like end, once and- you get to the end of the movie, it becomes less of an actual climax. Like the climax is him finally telling his mother off, no matter how little it is. Yeah. And I he think afterwards for one second. Yeah. I think, I think the final scene is just himself finally and fatally judging himself, mortally yeah. judging himself to a point that he cannot come back from. I look at Bo is afraid it's much like more like a series of dreams Mm-hmm. That have a loosely cohesive narrative. Like, I think yeah. that Bo as a character in that universe is real. And I don't think Bo's dreaming. But I think that it's using a movie in the format of a dream. Mm-hmm. To create that sense of... Uh, to To give them more leeway to play with the movie and what they're able to do mm-hmm. with it because ultimately all this anxiety and fear is something that is in your own head and so the movie does itself a favor by playing with it as if it is a dream within itself
1: yeah it's both it's both dream and reality by the time the movie's over
0: yeah so i don't i I I feel like the end of the movie is just the movie going. I've said everything that needs to be said.
1: I mean, yeah, there's kind of nothing. It is just that kind of like final exhale
0: because ultimately I, and I think ultimately what the movie does too, is it places the blame on Bo because it does because the whole rest of the movie it goes, well, this thing happened to Bo and that thing happened to Bo. And these are all terrible things. But if Bo wasn't the person that he was, mm-hmm. then this wouldn't happen. Bo put a lot of this on himself. And even though yeah, it's unfortunate, the circumstances there, that to that took him there, in theory, Bo could also get himself out of it. And he doesn't. Yeah, he could
1: walk away.
0: Exactly. And, but but he finds himself unable to walk away like in the final scene. So yeah, fucking wow, it's an intense what a, movie. It was a really intense movie. So, I've so never so, felt th- that way about a movie after watching it. I was legitimately I was like bummed out for the <laughs> next like day and a half. I mean, it's kind of hard not to be. I I mean, I mean it if, was
1: if it's it's definitely a movie that isn't for everybody. And I think for a lot of people, it would just be like a regular movie, you know, like it would be long and probably pretty laborious to get through,
0: but you know, you'd be, I don't, I don't know what you would get out of this movie. If you don't have anxiety,
1: a, a nice and pretty picture.
0: Yeah, I guess. But like, if you're an anxious person, I feel like you should watch this movie yeah you think just you ha- because you have to I I, I really think you have to because after I got over the movie I felt better okay because watching a movie that takes all these horrible things that could happen mm-hmm. and they crammed them all into one movie. Where where in my mind I always ask myself, like, okay, well, what happens if I fuck this up? Like, what's the worst that could happen? Th- that movie, Bo is Afraid, that, is what's the worst that could happen. It is it
1: is all of the worst.
0: And now that I've seen it, it's like, well, whatever I do is not gonna be that bad.
1: Yeah, it does not be. And so it it's it, in a way as real.
0: In a way it's empowering because Bo is Because not only Are all the things that happen, the things you fear, but also Bo is what you fear becoming as well. You don't want to turn into that. And so it's an empowering film. I feel like when all said and done about, Hey, you may feel fucking terrible. There may be all sorts of bad shit wrong with you. You may feel like you don't have control of your own destiny, but no matter how bad it gets, even the first time, You're not fucking this dude. And I think that that's really powerful. So I give this movie the full score. Four out of four charms, five out of five stars. Oh, wow. Okay. I I mean, I don't see how I can't. I don't know. I give it the four
1: out of four stars, but I don't. I give it like a. I give it the four out of four charms and like a four and a half out of five. Um, um, rating because I think I think part of it to your experience been like I don't I don't experience the same type of anxiety you do by any stretch of the imagination. You know, our your mental health experience and mine are very different, and the circumstances around them are different. So, like watching this movie, I was like, oh, I know there's a lot going on. Like I'm getting a lot of what's happening in this movie. But I remember sitting there and like you know all the reviews that I had read were like oh this movie's not for everybody, and I was like yeah but it is for somebody. It's and for I me, was, yeah. And I was like it's for Ben.
0: Yeah, so it's a uh, like I'm I'm very happy you forced me to watch this. Yes, um, I,
1: I had to make you watch it
0: because like I I don't know that I'll ever feel like this relationship with a movie again. Mm -hmm. Cause it feels like it was made for me at this time. Like it was, it was, it was a weird experience. I've never had, I've never had this experience watching a film before. And honestly, I don't think I'll ever have it again.
1: And it's almost, I don't, I almost feel like it shouldn't be an experience you have multiple times.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I hope not. I don't know what, what it could be, but Ultimately, I don't know that this movie could be done any better, realistically. Like, yeah, or I, any I mean, other way. There's so much depth and so many layers. Like, I've only seen it once, and and that's doing the movie a disservice. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna go take another three day three hours out of my time to go to the theater and watch it again, just because mm-hmm. I live in L. A. and I don't want to drive an hour to one of the few theaters still airing it. Uh, For but time. when it's on streaming, I'll absolutely watch it again and see what shit I missed. Cause there's a lot going on here. It is the tears of the kingdom of movies.
1: Hey, ho, hey ho. what a video game reference. Now, um, a, a, now that we've, we, we've kind of, I think reached the, like, uh, not necessarily the end of what Bo is afraid has to offer us. Cause I think it has a lot more to offer, but, um, Ben agreed that every week I would be able to give him a film everywhere and and i think i think ben deserves a reprieve i think i think ben ben i think i think you deserve to go back to a time and a place that used to be really really yours when it came to cinema now used to be i still is but you know like was like more of a part of your life and you know i i really appreciate some of those movies and there were studios you know like the world around us knows, as as we've been talking about with Stuart Gordon, Empire Films, you know, a studio who is more focused with pumping out multiple s- films over and over again as quickly as possible. Or, you know, Hammer Films, which is the most notorious. Um, and there's there's one other production studio out here that I I, I stumbled across. I, I had known about them and Ben and I had seen many of their films. These are uh, this is Full Moon Features. Now, oh boy, Full Moon Features is actually. Oh god, what are, what are you getting me into here, Matt? Full Moon Features is actually a company that's worked pretty extensively and has a lot of the ownership and production right to a lot of Charles Brand's movies. Uh, they are notorious for having released all of the evil bong movies all 12 of the current puppet master movies. and they have actually done something quite interesting, Ben. They have yeah. they have made a series on their streaming service, their exclusive streaming service. Oh, of course. It's also you can get on Amazon Prime called Miskatonic You. And it is a series of anthology films and 40 minute short film episodes. Based around the work of HP Lovecraft. And the very first one released has the following title: The Resonator, Miskatonic U, The Feature. This it's one an hour, hour
0: and eight and f- minutes long. Oh my god. And we just so happen
1: to be watching the film that is a that this movie is a direct sequel to From Beyond by Stuart Gordon. So next week. On the podcast, Ben Monty and I are gonna dive in to the second feature-length film released by Stuart Gordon from Beyond. Some would say his Magnum opus, but we'll get there. But in the in the meantime, in the interlude, Ben and I, or Ben and I will be watching this new iteration, this future of the From Beyond universe. So, of course, Ben, you need to finish watching From Beyond first, and then very promptly thereafter. <laughs> Watch the Resonator, Miskatonic U, the feature, and I I think what this is gonna have to do for us, and and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to Full Moon Features. I think you got a subscriber to your uh your streaming platform because if you sign up Ben for their for their yearly annual uh pass for their subscription yeah. platform, you get a redemption code that gets you the twelve disc blue uh Blu-ray Puppet Master set
0: shit man
1: which the if you sign up for the yearly for the annual cost of 59.99 uh you get a you get the free gift of either the 12 disc 12 disc puppet master blu-ray box set a signed and numbered limited edition Diana Prince sexy 6 pack dvd box set the evil bong eb stash box blu-ray collection all 8 movies Um, so you can get one of those three things by signing up for the Full Moon Features, uh, uh, streaming platform. And I think Ben, I think I think we're gonna have to have a new series here on the podcast uh, called Mooning or Full Mooning it, because there are hundreds. What What is their
0: streaming service called? Full Moon Features. Oh, is it even a streaming service or is it like a
1: DVD service? I don't know. Because, no, because you can stream the things on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to be subscribed, though. So they have such movies on their new releases as Vampires of Beverly Hills, Murder Mansion, Puppet Master, Doctor Death with a K, Corona
0: Zombies,
1: Sorority Babes and Slimeball Bull rama 2,
0: Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong, Short Night of Glass Dolls. The dead want women. Fatal exam. All right. Well, that was a lot to take well, in. And
1: subspecies, subspecies two, bloodstone, subspecies three, bloodlust, subspecies four, bloodstone. Did they
0: really do a knockoff version of species?
1: Well, there's four of them, so I don't know if it's a knockoff at this point. Well,
0: how many subspecies did they make, Matt? Four. Well... I'm not sure if the first one was good. Nope. Me neither. It's pretty rare that the second or thirds in a series are any good. And they were all released in the nineties. But if there's something we've learned from the nightmare on Elm street series. Yeah. Yeah. It's that if you make a series last long enough, it could very well be that the fourth Times the charm. Good night and good morning.
1: Talk to y'all later.